Good Saturday morning to everybody and welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show with Rob Weinberg. I am Gary Byron. Rob, good morning, buddy. Good morning. How have you been? Great. How was your week? Excellent, and the market is definitely picking up a bit. You know, I, I know it is because I got to tell you, I was reading, I don't know what day it was. Was it Sunday's paper? Saturday? I think maybe it was Saturday's paper or Friday's paper uh, recently that did the... Interest rates go down yet again for a 15-year uh, Yeah, they've mortgage? gone down. Uh, they, you know, Like we've talked about, they had gone up a bit over right. the last couple months. And now they're not at those historically all-time low levels, but we have seen a little bit of a pullback in the interest rates. So there might be a, another opportunity for people here. So why? What, what do you attribute that to? Uh, well, I think that a lot of the inflation fears and things have now been priced into the market. Oh. Uh, the stimulus and things that were pushing the rates up, people were worried about. Now we know what that is. It's been priced in, like I said, and it's not as much of a fear uh, as it was before. How long do you think that'll last? You think before it starts to go back up again? Couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, like anything, you have this opportunity. You have to be decisive when an opportunity comes up sure. to take advantage of it, especially when it comes to buying a home or refinancing. Because if you him and haw over it and question it, right. you might in two weeks say, I'm ready, and the rates have gone up. And it's a different scenario wow. for you at that point. Oh, boy. Timing is everything, they say. Absolutely. Uh, you know what I want to talk about this morning, and I know that uh, you're you're the right person to, to have this discussion with, is um, your, your credit score. Credit strategies. Let's call it credit strategies um, rather than just credit scores because there's so much more to it than just your credit score, right? Um, for example, what is the minimum credit score that mortgage companies will consider? You know, when they took when they take a look at your credit score and this has changed a lot in the last year. So pre pandemic, you could get a mortgage with as low as a 580 credit score. I'm talking about 2018, 2019, uh, even in the beginning of 2020. I did a lot of loans for people with 580, 590 credit scores. Then when the pandemic hit and a lot of lenders did tighten up guidelines. Investors got scared. And then the minimum credit score increased to around 620. And it's been around that level for the Ooh. last year or so. So I would say right now, you really want to be prepared for a 620 credit score. But that's with dealing with a mortgage broker or a correspondent lender, a direct lender like myself. If you're going to go to a big bank or a credit union to get a mortgage, they typically have higher standards. You normally would need even up to a 680 credit score or higher to deal with some of the local credit unions and local banks. Uh, they don't have as much flexibility. So if I understand this right, uh, my, my next question was going to be, where do you go for a credit score? But it sounds like you kind of just answered that. You, you, it's your, really your lender, your bank. Yes. Your financial institution that you that you do business yeah, with. Yeah, because there's a lot of places and I get a lot of people emailing and calling me with questions because they saw that their credit score was a certain amount online okay. from their credit card company. The only place you can really get a credit score that's going to be accurate to get a mortgage is from a lender. I don't care who that lender is. All mortgage companies use the same FICO scoring model, and they should be the same score between all mortgage companies, but that's not going to be the same as your auto loan score, credit card, personal loan, 
All those type of loans use different models, and I've seen some cases where it could be as much as 50 or even 100 points different from one model to another. So you got to get with a lender to get that real score. All right, so then let's talk about the commercials that I'll often see. Uh, Credit Karma. Um, what is the other one? Credit Sesame, I think, is one. How how are they to even be used? Why do they even exist if you if it's really from your bank or your financial institution that really has, you know, uh, the the accurate number? What why does why do these other, you know, these credit karma places even exist if their scores are not that accurate and they're not even taken into consideration? So the reason that those sites exist is for money for profit. They're marketing companies. So the way that Credit Karma, Credit Sesame, and all these online sites work that are giving you a credit score for free is they have partnerships with mortgage companies, with auto loan companies, personal loans, credit card companies, and banks. Their sole goal is to get you to apply for loans through their website. They get paid huge amounts of money to generate leads. Like I said, they're marketing companies. They use that free credit score to entice you. They use that free credit score to get you in the door so they can get all your personal information, be able to review your credit, and then sell that information off to all sorts of companies. And not only that, but then solicit you and say, hey, looks like you'd qualify for this credit card. Looks like you should refinance your home. Click here. And again, they have these partnerships. They get paid huge amounts of money to sell this information. They don't even care in most cases whether you get approved for the loan or not. They are getting paid as a lead generator for all these companies. So with that said, why? what can you do with them? What good are they? Right. The answer is you, you can use them to see if your score is going up or down. But I've had people come to me and say, Credit Karma said my score is a 700. I run them on a mortgage credit report and they're a 625. Oh, it that's can be that different. Yeah. Um, in, you know, the other one I will tell you is I had a client just this week come to me for a VA loan and I came in at a 705. They said that they had looked at their credit online and it was like a 682. They're like, well, why is yours higher? Same thing we're talking about. So most of these online sites are using something called a Vantage score. You got to read the fine print when you get these scores because they're not even using a FICO score in a lot of cases, or they'll give you two different scores. One of them's a credit score, maybe an old version, and the other's a Vantage score. But the thing is, these Vantage scores, I don't know one lender that even uses them, yeah. and the Vantage score can be a lot higher. Vantage score might say you're a 740 when you're really in the 600s, but the idea is to entice you. If we show you you have a good credit score, then you're going to apply for loans with us. But that's misleading. That's it's misleading. misleading, but yeah. so is a lot of marketing in, in this oh. country today. It's all about marketing, lead generation, selling your information. It's all about data aggregation. And if they have this huge database of millions of consumers that they have their credit information on, Regardless of the score, they have the information on their credit report. How much debt do they have? Do they have a mortgage, home equity line of credit, et cetera? That's very valuable to businesses, to financial institutions. And they'll partner with Credit Karma and these other sites to say, hey, we'll buy everybody from you as a lead that comes in with this criteria. And they make huge amounts of money doing that. So realize that you are the product. If it's free and there's no incentive, you think, it's because you as the consumer are the product. Uh, there's even one where if you call them, all you got to do is call their 800 number 
and you automatically boost your credit score by like 10 points. And I'm thinking to myself as I'm watching it, that's not how to boost your credit score. I heard score. that advertisement, yes. And, you know, again, you got to read the fine print because everything has it in life, and it's really coming into play now with technology and these credit scoring sites. So use it to see, is my score going up or is my score going down? But don't take what they tell you as your score, as the gospel. Get with a lender, like we said earlier, a mortgage lender that can pull that tri-merge report from all three bureaus and tell you your exact credit score to get a mortgage. Yeah, this vantage stuff that you mentioned doesn't even, it has no merit. Not right now. I, I mean, it's a good idea that they wanted to create this uniform credit score yeah. instead of having all these models, but it hasn't been adopted. The only ones that have adopted it are these websites. All right, so if you contact Equifax, for example, directly, is is that a legitimate place to, to contact for uh, your credit score? You can get a credit score from them, but again, there's all these different versions of the credit score. You're going to get a consumer credit score if you contact them and ask them for a score. You're going to get a consumer credit score. That's a different score than a financial institution is going to get if you apply for an auto loan. That's a different score than a mortgage company is going to get when you apply for a mortgage. There's all these different versions. I believe there's nine well, versions can you of tell the them? FICO model. Can you tell them? I want the mortgage credit score. I had a client tell me a few weeks ago that they are subscribed with Equifax or Experian for their credit reporting and their credit uh, monitoring service. Yeah. And they said for $40 a month, they would be able to get the mortgage score or a $40 fee. That's what it would take to get the credit score. And this client in particular gave me the score and it did match. Okay. But wow. but you got to realize mortgage companies aren't just looking at one no, score. No, they're looking at three, We're right? looking at all three credit bureaus and we're going off the median of those three, the middle of those three. So if one's a 600, one's a 650, and one's a 700, mortgage companies are going to use and price your loan off that median, that 650. So if you <laughs> called Equifax and got that score and they give you the 700, you think, hey, I'm good. I got a 700 mortgage score. But again, that's one bureau. You have to get all three. It's just a lot easier as a consumer to get in touch with a trusted advisor, a mortgage lender, and have them run your credit. If you're serious about getting a mortgage, have them do a hard inquiry on your credit, look at all your scores, and give you a credit strategy as we're going to continue to discuss. I'm curious about strategies then. How can, what, what can you use or what can you do to increase your credit score, let's say quickly? Let's say you want to go for a mortgage. Here we are in May now. I don't think May 1st, right? All right, so let's say you want to... Say you want a mortgage in uh, August or September of this year. You got to work fast if you're going. If you want to change your credit score, what are some of the strategies that you can do to increase the, your credit score? There's there's several that I'll discuss with you here, and this is really timely because a lot of people come to a mortgage lender when they're ready to refinance or ready to buy a home, and credit doesn't update overnight. So what can you do? Well, the number one thing you can do is pay down your revolving debt, which is credit cards. That's the quickest way to boost your credit score because a huge part of the credit scoring model with all the bureaus is your debt utilization. So if you have a $1,000 credit limit on a credit card, what percentage of that are you using? The higher percentage you're using, the higher risk you are. 
because it looks like, okay, why is this person using so much? If you have maxed out credit cards, like 90 plus percent used or even at the limit or over the limit, your credit score is gonna tumble very, very quickly. So we wanna do the opposite. We wanna pay down the credit cards as low as possible. And the percentages that I use, the specific strategy that I use with my clients is the 50-30-10 rule. So what that is, is the first threshold you wanna get to is 50% of the credit limit. So if you have a $1,000 credit card, you wanna start out getting that down to 50%, which would be $500. They're gonna penalize you still for having that 50% used, but less than having, like I said, an 80, 90, 100%. The lower that utilization ratio, the higher your score is gonna go. So after the 50% threshold, the next one is 30% of the limit. On a $1,000 credit card, $300 is what you wanna have as the balance on there. And last, and where you're gonna have really a boost in your score, the least amount of points that are gonna be taken away is 10% of the limit. So on a $1,000 credit card, as crazy as it sounds, that's a $100 balance if you wanna max out your FICO score. Anything higher than that 10%, they're gonna start taking off a point here, a point there, and then you get up to that 70, 80, 90%. And I've seen people with pristine credit, great payment history, never missed it, but, they have maxed out credit cards. Everyone is 80%, 90%, 75%. They've got credit scores in the low 600s with a perfect payment history because of this debt utilization. So that's the strategy you wanna use on your credit cards. The next one's gonna be secured credit cards. An issue a lot of people have is that they'll come to me with a low credit score in the 500s, in the low 600s. They go to all these banks and credit unions trying to get credit cards because they know I need to get credit in order to build my credit. Maybe they have old collections and old accounts. We have to get current, good standing accounts with positive payment history in order to boost that score. But if no one will give you a credit card, how do you do it? The answer is secured credit cards. That's the answer. You can go to many banks and credit unions, ask them for a secured credit card that reports to at least two of the credit bureaus, and they will require that you put a deposit down two to $500 typically. You give them that deposit, they put it aside, and then they issue you a credit card for a percentage of that deposit, could be up to 90 or even 100% of the amount you put down. So you give them $200, then they give you a credit card for say $150. It's secured by the money that they've got. So if you don't pay it, they already have the money. You see? Yeah. That's a secured credit card. So that's great for people that need to rebuild their credit. And I have some particular sources I can't get into, but people can get in touch with me uh, and I can give them the information on some different secured credit cards that I've used with clients and had success. The next one is, is totally free and really unknown to a lot of people, and that's authorized users. So an authorized user is when somebody adds you to their credit card account. It's completely free. A lot of people do this with their children. So a dad wants to help his child to build credit. He has an American Express card from 20 years ago, great history, he always pays it off. He can add his son, daughter, or anybody. There's not really a restriction. You could add a friend to it or a colleague to it. It's completely free. You can go on the website or call in and say, I wanna add an authorized user. Yeah. And you just add that authorized user on and it will start reporting to the credit bureaus. You're gonna okay? you're adding me to yours, right? Sure, sure. And 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 anyone can add you, your friend, like I said, colleague, anybody. So that's a huge way as the authorized user. Now it's not gonna count as much if it's an authorized user card as it would 
if it were your own card because people several years back people took advantage of this mm. and tried to get really high scores mm -hmm. and the credit bureaus caught on so now they don't look at the authorized user the same way that they did five six ten years ago because again people did fraud and took advantage um, and the last method i want to touch on is there's a software that i have and it's only available to lenders it's called credit expert it's given by the credit bureaus um, it's not free but your lender will pay for that and it will allow us to run what if scenarios on your credit report it will allow us to say this person's a 590 score we need them to be a 620 what do they need to do it will reverse engineer it and it'll say pay this credit card from 900 to 400 pay this credit card to 1200 to 900 do this do that it'll give you the exact formula of what you need to do but again it's not available to consumers it's only for loan officers out of everything there the most fascinating and, and listen I heed all of that advice make no mistake you, you are the professional you you heed all of all four of those points i mean you're on your way but what I found the most intriguing there was that 10% threshold. Wow. Most people do. I mean, it seems crazy to get a credit card for $10,000 and have less than $1,000 owed. Why did you get a $10,000 credit limit if you only should use that? But that's the game that we're playing. Those are the rules of the game that nobody teaches you. And I can tell you, I've seen clients go from actually just closed a guy that came to me back in January with a 590 score, and now he's a 665 score several months later. How? Because he did exactly what I'm telling you. He paid these credit cards down. They were almost all maxed out. He took some money, he paid them down, and he got his credit score up almost 80 points wow. in a short period of time. So that's the really important thing is that it's not where you're at now. It's what do you need to do? What are the rules to get there? What's the strategy? Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show with uh, Rob Weinberg. He's easy to reach. 860-413-3938. Again, 860-413-3938. And on the web at www.robgw.com. All right, so what about um, what about collections um, or charge-offs? How can those be handled to increase your credit? Probably one of the biggest myths that's out there, and we talked several shows ago on our myth show about yeah. mortgages and credit, is people think if I have an old collection from a year, two, five years ago, I'll just go pay it off when I get the money and my credit will go back up. That's absolutely incorrect, 100% false. It will actually lower your credit to go pay off an old collection just simply by doing that. But what you wanna do is something called a pay for deletion. The only way to increase your credit by paying off a collection or charge off is to do a pay for deletion. You can look up additional information online about it. They're everywhere. You need to get a letter from the creditor before you pay that says, if this person pays X amount on this account, we will consider it paid in full and we will report a deletion or we will delete the account from the credit bureau. When it's deleted, it's completely gone, it's erased. It will never show up again. You need to get that letter though from them because a lot of these collection agencies are unscrupulous and even borderline fraudulent and they'll tell you anything over the phone to get you to pay them. But if you get that letter, okay, and then you can prove that you paid them that money with a debit from your bank account, check, credit card, etc. Now, if they don't pony up and actually delete that account, you can show that to the credit bureau 
and get the credit bureau to step in and delete it. That's the only way, because if you don't do that, what's gonna happen is you go and pay an account and you don't get them to delete it. It's gonna reactivate that account. Even though it'll show a zero balance, it's gonna take a DLA, which stands for date of last activity. The older that date of last activity is, the higher your credit's gonna be. So if you have an account that's a date of last activity from five years ago, and you go and pay that account today and it's not deleted, it's gonna reactivate the date of last activity to current and it's actually gonna drop your credit score, sometimes very significantly. Wow, what about filing bankruptcy? I mean, bankruptcy is probably one of the worst things you can do for your credit. So we want to concentrate on things that are gonna help people. No, but let's credit. say somebody filed bankruptcy uh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago even. That's not gonna really affect them as much. I mean, mortgage okay. programs do have seasoning requirements for bankruptcy foreclosure. So you can't just file bankruptcy on a Monday and go get a mortgage the next day <laughs> or the next month. No, of course not. After a couple of years, depending on the loan program, anywhere typically from two to seven years, depending on the type of bankruptcy and the type of mortgage you're trying to get, it won't factor in anymore after that time. It will affect your credit in my uh, understanding and from what I've seen reviewing thousands of credit reports in my career, I've seen bankruptcy and the repercussions of bankruptcy, all the missed payments, et cetera, that are typically associated with bankruptcy, that can affect you for several years. I would expect at least two to three years you know, after the bankruptcy that you will see that still affecting your credit, but it won't factor in with getting a mortgage. Once you meet those program guidelines, you'll wanna check with your mortgage advisor and loan officer to say, hey, I filed bankruptcy on this date, or my bankruptcy was discharged on this date. It was a chapter seven, chapter 13. There's all different guidelines. And here is when you can get a mortgage. Here's when you can apply for the mortgage. So that's really important. Now, mm. there are certain um, exceptions called extenuating circumstances. If you had a catastrophe scenario and had to file bankruptcy for a medical reason, et cetera, those are very hard to prove. But in those cases, there can be exceptions granted to okay. get you a mortgage before those waiting periods. Typically, Rob, how long does it take to change uh, or you know improve your credit? So if you pay off a credit card, like we were talking about earlier, to pay it down to these lower thresholds, it's not gonna report tomorrow. The the real, I mean, the real number is if you look at your credit card statement and look at the statement end date, mm -hmm. typically the creditor is gonna report the day after that. So on every single credit card, it's not your due date. You need to look at your statement and look for something that says statement end date. It's gonna be the last date of that actual statement uh, pulling in transaction. So if the statement end date is May 17th, then typically around May 18th, is when they're gonna re-report. So that's the exact answer if you wanna get technical, but every credit card's gonna have a different statement end date. So my rule of thumb with my mm -hmm. clients is, especially if you're paying down multiple accounts, mm -hmm. three to four weeks is the minimum amount of time from when you pay it to when you can expect that it will actually report to the three credit bureaus. Okay, if somebody has a low score, should they even talk to a lender? I'd say the lower the score is, the more advice you need from a lender yeah. because oh. you're not a credit expert. You don't do this every day. Yeah. And you know, I'm not a credit repair company. Everything we're talking about is just for educational purposes. And uh, I'm going off, again, thousands of credit reports reviewed. But I can tell you that when someone comes to me, even with a 
credit score, believe it or not, in the 400s or the low 500s, I can look at their report and very quickly tell them which of these four strategies we talked about, mm -hmm. or even five if you include the pay for deletions on collections, that they can implement right away and get their credit to where it needs to be. So you want to get with a lender, no matter what your credit score is, at least to do a fact find. Yeah, not necessarily fi file paperwork, but but at no, least to just to, to get say, hey, I want to get a house in a year. I want to refinance in the future. Where do I need to be? I have no idea where I'm at now. Credit Karma says I'm X score. Where am I? What do I need to well, do? Well, sadly, Rob, pe most people don't know that unless they're hearing that now. They, they only contact their lender when they're ready for a mortgage, when they're ready to buy. Right. But if somebody has a cosigner, you, you touched upon this a little while ago. If somebody has a cosigner with a good score, would, would, that, would that help them? Unfortunately... A good credit score on a cosigner won't help you because mortgage lenders look at the lower of the credit scores. Oh, so when it comes to credit, a cosigner is not going to help you. Where they will help you is when it comes to your debt to income and getting qualified for the mortgage from an income standpoint and a debt standpoint. Mm -hmm. That's where it can pay off. But if you have a cosigner that's a 750 score and your score is a 610, the underwriter, the loan officer, the everyone involved in the process, they're going to put aside the score of the higher person, the cosigner. They're going to be looking at the lower. And if your score is too low to get a mortgage, then it doesn't matter how many cosigners you have. You can't <laughs> be on that mortgage. You may need to work out something else or be creative, but there's no way you're going to be on there with a low score and a cosigner with a high one. I would imagine that's more relevant with uh, young adults, people in their early 20s or, tw or 19 even, 1920, when they haven't really been in the workforce a long time. Maybe they don't have much of a credit score, N not necessarily a bad credit score. They just haven't been in the workforce consistently for a long period of time. And they're certainly not at the top of their pay scale at that age. But that's why it's so important to start building this credit early. If you're a parent, instill this in your children add them as authorized users when they're in their teens to your credit card that'll help start mm -hmm. building their score when they turn 18 get them even if it's a secured card get them something to start managing money to start building that score let me just add one thing to that parent if you are going to do that make sure you have a long serious discussion with your child and teach them responsible uh how to be responsible and what responsibility uh is is Great responsibility is part of owning a You don't need card. to even give them a card. One of the great things about an oh. authorized user is that they may send a card to you. You can just rip it up. You can throw it out. You don't need to give it to them. Oh. Okay, so you okay. can add them. They're, they're going to be able to piggyback, so to speak, on your positive history. I would add to what you said. Make sure the card that you're adding them to has a longstanding track record of positive payments. You don't want to add somebody to a card like we were talking about that's maxed out, no, that's got not. a very high utilization. Of course not. Uh, great information. Folks, if you've got any questions, maybe you want to have it asked on this show. We'd love to have your question answered right on these airwaves. You just simply email Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. Again, Mortgage Matters Radio Show at gmail.com. If you are interested in this topic or any other that we've discussed in the past, you got to check out the website, www.robgw.com. Once again, it's Rob gw.com and if you would like to make an appointment or just have a couple of questions you'd like to have rob uh, answer for you even if it's just over the phone simply jot this number down and give him a call give him a call right away 860-413-3938 once again 860-413-3938 for 
Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. Thank you so much for listening. Until next Saturday, have a good one, everybody. So long.